We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bonus, The Chess World is Going Crazy edition of Perpetual Chess. Before we get you to the bombshell story of the week, just a quick reminder, uh, if you, like me, while maintaining this podcast, are struggling to keep pace with the chess news, I've got good news for you. Sign up for the Perpetual Chess Link Fest, a free weekly email I send each Friday highlighting the best chess news, interviews, improvement articles I've seen in the prior week. Uh, given the topic of this podcast, this week's LinkFest will be a doozy. If you search for Perpetual Chess LinkFest or follow the link in the description, you can sign up to get a free news rundown every week. Okay, so having covered that, let's move on. What a week it's been here in the chess world as chess has made global headlines and has been shaken by the shocking withdrawal of Magnus Carlsen from the Sinkfield Cup after losing to Grandmaster Hans Niemann in round three. 
Uh, for those newer to chess, withdrawing from a tournament may not sound like a big deal. It's fairly common in open tournaments, but in invitational tournaments, it kind of ruins the tournament for everyone else. It nullifies the prior games. It upends the standings because since Magnus had played fewer than half his games, his games don't count. Um, None other than Gary Kasparov took to Twitter and castigated this withdrawal. Among other things, Kasparov said, in quotes, it's an act with no precedent in the past 50 years of chess. So, um, and of course, the implications of that withdrawal are the suggestion is that there was foul play involved in the tournament. We'll have more on that in a second. I think a lot of you are probably aware of the sort of broad details of this, but we're going to lay it out anyway. But first, I wanted to tell you that joining me as a guest in a little bit will be International Master Greg Shahadi. Uh, it's an interview recorded earlier today on Thursday, September 8th, as I record this. Uh, Greg Shahadi is the founder of the Pro Chess League, uh, founder and a trainer at the U.S. Chess School, which for over 15 years has been training camps to train America's top young players. I thought Greg would be a good person to talk to because he's overseen training sessions with Grandmaster Hans Niemann for years. Uh, I remember years ago when he identified Hans to me as a standout talent. He also identified Hans as a kid with a unique personality from a young age. I've also known Greg for decades and always considered him to be an astute judge of character. So as we record this, it's this everyone sort of... Uh, parsing little clues and trying to figure out did he or didn't he and to what extent and because I trust Greg's judgment and he knows the principles I thought he would be a good person to bring in um, for clarity it should be noted Greg often works in a freelance capacity for chess.com uh, the adult improver episodes of perpetual chess are partially sponsored by chess.com um, but both Greg and I are speaking only for ourselves in this interview. And note that this interview with Greg was recorded Thursday afternoon, which on the timeline I'm about to share with you guys is before the chess.com statement in response to Hans's interview was given, but after everything else. What can I say? It's a fast developing story. We're going to try to get this pod out quickly, but if other stuff happens, we'll probably drop some subsequent pods. So anyway, before I get you to the conversation with Greg, I did want to walk you all through the timeline of events so far with a few key quotes thrown in. Uh, I'll share one or two observations of my own so far, although the main thing I've learned so far as I follow this story and try to draw conclusions is that I need to stop trying to draw conclusions because I, information is emerging all the time um, and we just don't know enough to really um, know what happened. And hopefully that will change in time. Um, so, oh, and I wanted to give thanks to uh, Chess Reddit. Um, they, there's one thread in particular there that highlights all of the major developments and reactions. So you can just read this list of like 50 different, 50 things in sequence that happened. Um, so I'll add a link to that in the show description and it's still being updated. So I encourage curious listeners to uh, keep up with the story that way uh, in between podcasts if you're not uh, obsessing about it like I and many other chess fans are. Okay, so let's walk you through some key events that happened before we get to my earlier conversation with Greg Shahadi. Um, the first event, I would say the precipitating event of uh, Magnus withdrawing from the tournament with the implication that Hans Niemann was somehow cheating uh, is the widespread um, inference. Anyway, 
Uh, the first thing that has to be noted is that Hans had a historic meteor- meteoric rise up the chess rank, gained 200 or, or so points in less than two years to reach the 2700 level. That's extremely rare to make a um, improvement that quickly, although not uh, totally unprecedented. And unbeknownst to most of us, including me during that period, Hans had been banned from chess.com at least once uh, for using online engine assistance. Um, he admitted that in his um, interview um, after round five, um, but or at least he admitted some of some tran- transgressions. Um, so we didn't know that at the time. When I interviewed him in March, I didn't know about that, but uh, that has now emerged. Um, but okay, he's in the tournament, and as far as has never been proven, as far as we know, he's never cheated over the board, which some people draw a big distinction, some people don't. Event number two, Richard Rapport pulled out of the Sinkfield Cup due to COVID protocols, and Hans Niemann is announced as a replacement less than a week before the tournament is set to begin. Event number three, the tournament begins. Niemann is the lowest rated player in the field. He gets off to a hot start with two and a half out of three, including an endgame win with Black in round three of against Magnus Carlsen. Uh, so that takes us to Monday. It's still a normal tournament. Neiman surprising so far. And as you probably heard, Monday before the round, Magnus unexpectedly withdrew. He gave no explanation for the decision. He tweeted only a video of football coach, soccer coach, whatever you want to call it, coach Jose Marino saying, I've said too much, in which he's and he's known to complain about the officiating, excuse me. So this uh, statement or lack thereof was widely interpreted as an implicit suggestion of foul play in the tournament, an interpretation that was bolstered by increased security measures from the St. Louis Chess Club starting in that round, including more thorough searches of the players, including Hans Niemann. They also moved the broadcast to a 15-minute time delay, presumably to make it more difficult for any competitor to receive signals or outside assistance uh, during that day on Labor Day Monday. Uh, streamers such as Hikaru and Eric Hansen confirmed the widespread interpretation that Magnus was suggesting that there had been foul play, and they offered their own perspectives on their experiences with Hans. And while neither of them, I don't believe, um, outright accused Hans of um, of cheating over the board, you could definitely say that they impugned his character. Some of their allegations, of course, were confirmed when. Hans subsequently um, uh, confessed that he had cheated online before, in online games, that is. Uh, Okay, so in the coming days, we've got reactions coming from every corner of the chess world. Uh, Some defended Neiman, uh, others pile on. Um, MVL said, uh, or sorry, Aronian said, my colleagues are paranoid, uh, was his initial reaction. MVL said, it's basically become a witch hunt, and the effect it can have on Hans is actually quite devastating. Others seemed suspicious of Hans, or at least seemed to not know what was going on in post-game interviews, uh, such as Feruja and Nepomniachi. Um, And the biggest story subsequent to this initial announcement came, as I mentioned earlier, when GM Hans Niemann himself was interviewed after his round five game. I'm guessing a lot of you saw that interview. It was incredibly compelling. Whatever you think of uh, whatever you think of his guilt or innocence um, or his character, it was uh, 
must watch viewing if you haven't seen this interview. So in this interview, uh, Hans Niemann confessed to having cheated online at ages 12 and 16, but he categorically rejected the suggestion that he's ever cheated and over the board chess. Uh, He noted that after the game with Magnus Carlsen, he suddenly discovered that his chess.com account had been closed and he was disinvited from the upcoming global chess championship and he hadn't gotten an explanation or communication up to that point. So among other impassioned things in that uh, conference or that interview with Grandmaster Alejandro Ramirez, Hans Niemann said, quote, I'm not going to let chess.com. I'm not going to let Magnus Carlsen. I'm not going to let Nakamura who he felt amplified the cheating up his accusations on his Twitch stream. Arguably, the three biggest entities in chess simply slander my reputation, unquote. Um, Neiman, as he had when I had an interview with him in March of 2022, um, he discussed the sacrifices he's made for chess, the 12-hour days he's been putting in studying chess, and mentioned that Magnus was a hero of his in his younger years. Uh, he offered to play tournament chess under any conditions, to, quote, play naked if necessary, and said, chess is my entire life. I've sacrificed everything for this game, and I'm willing to do anything to improve myself and improve my game. Um, By the way, one thing I should have mentioned earlier is in his prior press conferences to those, he uh, was not especially lucid in describing his post-game analysis of uh, prior games and when he was interviewed about variations. So that was one thing that led to uh, some suspicion from Hikaru Nakamura and others. Uh, So that takes us up to when I recorded the interview with Greg. Uh, Subsequent to that, here on Thursday night, as I record this, We've been waiting for some sort of statement from chess.com and especially from Magnus Carlson. We still have not heard from Magnus at this time, but see uh, Chief Chess Officer Danny Wrench of chess.com issued a statement saying the following. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Uh, It says, Dear chess community, the last few days have been tumultuous for many in the chess community. At the time, we've reached out to Hans Niemann to explain our decision to privately remove him from chess.com and our events. We've shared detailed evidence with him concerning our decision, including information that contradicts his statements regarding the amount and seriousness of his cheating on chess.com. We've invited Hans to provide an explanation and response with the hope of finding a resolution where Hans can again participate on chess.com. We want nothing more than to see the best chess players in the world succeed in the greatest events. We will always act to protect the integrity of the game we love from uh, Danny Wrench, Chief Chess officer. Um, So that's the latest development as I record this. We will see if uh, Hans responds to that. We will see if we hear from Magnus. Um, A few other key quotes. Um, Of course, this story has been picked up all over. Uh, There was an article in the Wall Street Journal where they said, and I quote, this is in regard to on over the board cheating, which is sort of the primary question right now is it's clear that Hans Niemann had cheated online. Uh, there's, I'm not condoning this behavior by any means, but there's many people who have cheated online. Uh, a lot of them, we never find out who they are if they agree to a silent punishment and then move on. That had been the case with Niemann uh, before this storm erupted. So anyway, the quote was, security checks, including game screening of Niemann's uh, play by one of the world's leading chess detectives, the University of Buffalo's Kenneth Regan. Haven't found anything untoward. And I wanted to mention Dr. Kenneth Regan is an international master. He's a st- statistics professor and one of the foremost experts in the world on cheat detection. I interviewed him a few years ago about the, his career and the state of uh, 
cheat detection. Um, I'm hoping to interview him again soon. Um, so we stay tuned if, if I can make that happen. But um, I also wanted to read a quote by Grandmaster Nikita Vichigov, who wrote in Russian, um, uh, talking about over-the-board chess. He says, there are no serious anti-cheating mes- measures giving players a sense of complete safety in chess. Along with the frames, metal detectors, delayed broadcast, there is no certainty of their circumvention. Um, so that's going to be a story. However this shakes out with the individual actors, I feel like um, a sort of whispered distrust of the safety, the the preclusion of engines of tournament chess um, has now been cast out into the open, and it's a serious issue to be reckoned with, and one we will certainly be talking about here on the podcast. As for my own perspective on this matter, um, I'm hesitant to even say anything because the news has been coming so fast and furious, and as new information emerges, uh, opinions can change. Uh, one thing I'll say for sure is that as as of now, None of the principles in this story come out looking good, unfortunately. It's a, it's really disappointing. Um, w- whether Hans Niemann cheated or not, it seems like Magnus handled this pretty poorly. And the reactionary response of many of the other principles also um, has exacerbated the situation. So I'm going to try to learn from that. Um, if I had a bigger platform, maybe I would have made the same mistake. But since I don't, and since it's three days later, I'll just say we've got to wait for more evidence to emerge. I mean, it doesn't, um, there's not been anything to suggest that Hans Niemann uh, cheated in over the board chess. Um, it seems quite hard to pull off, um, and he's obviously quite strong at chess. So, those things suggest to me that he did not likely did not cheat in the games, but, um, but that doesn't mean that he's a hero. You know, um, we don't know the extent of his online cheating and it's possible that evidence will emerge. So unfortunately I don't have much to add at this time, but hopefully more information will come to light as it has, uh, fast and furiously. Uh, so before we go, just wanted to give a shout out to our sponsors, Chessable and Aim Chess. Um, of course, whatever's going on uh, in top level chess, it doesn't impact the efficacy of a chess tool that can help you improve. And I'm happy to report that both Chessable's uh, excellent opening and end game and tactics courses and uh, Aim Chess's algorithm can help with those things. So be sure to check them out if you're working on your own game. Um, and I did want to note that um, th- the scheduling of perpetual chess is sort of becoming an issue now because I generally record weeks in advance. And it's very rarely been an issue over the years. But lately, the news is coming out so fast that the episodes I'm re- releasing on Tuesday are not discussing these stories. Like I have a great interview with Grandmaster Jakob Algard coming on this coming Tuesday, but it was recorded last week. So we don't discuss uh, this story, although we discuss many other things. And Jakob Algard, by the way, wrote a great blog post that I'll link to sharing his thoughts as of a couple days ago, because uh, he's worked with Hans Niemann a lot, as I discussed with Greg. Um, so anyway, uh, to the extent there's breaking news, I'll be covering it in additional podcasts rather than the regular ones. But um, anyway, I've babbled for long enough. Let's get you to my conversation about the events with International Master Greg 
Greg Shahadi, recorded Thursday afternoon on September 8th. Coming your way after the break. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are here with Greg Shahadi, someone who has worked with Hans Niemann since he was a young lad. I guess he's still a young lad, but uh, pointed out his talent to me many years ago when I was visiting a U.S. chess school. And obviously, Greg also um, tends to have a rational mind that can cut through the fog and think about probabilities of, say, cheating and stuff like that. But first, let's welcome Greg. Welcome. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm well. So, Greg, tell me about your impressions of Hans Niemann. I know you've watched him grow up from afar with periodic interactions with him over the years in your role as founder of the U.S. Chess School. Impressions? I mean, I like him. He's good energy. I mean, listen, when he was like nine years old, he was very rambunctious, like difficult to have in a class setting. But like, you still liked him because he had this passion for chess and winning. Um, And he, he had certain qualities that... I've never quite seen anyone like him in all of our, of all the kids we've had in our camps, which is hundreds. I've never seen anyone with the qualities he has, which is like this, this desire to win. That's like a little, I don't know, little different. <laughs> it's like, like you could feel it. Like every like blitz, every loss just hurt him a lot. Like even as very young. And I know it does for all kids, but it was just like a little more, it's maniacal. I don't want to say it, it was good. It's to me, it seemed like a sign of talent, like how much he cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you've mentioned actually in prior conversations that you can sort of consider it a mark of marker of talent if you really hate to lose. Now, based on obviously, we don't know anything. No, we're just sharing our impressions. But based on your impressions of Han seeing him grow up. Uh, is that something where you think like the urge to win is so strong that you think he would like uh, cheat at the board in the Sinkfeld Cup, say, for example? <laughs> no, I would not peg him as some, I mean, there's almost nobody that I would think would do that because it's probably very difficult to achieve. Um, there's no reason that I would pinpoint him as somebody who's you know, more likely to cheat than somebody else. But like a- anyone's capable of cheating, I feel like, like, no matter how well you know somebody, they can always surprise you. It's happened so many times. So I would not say, like, there's nobody I would say, like, if they got caught cheating, I would be like, there's no way that this happened. Um, it can happen to almost anyone. But there's okay. no reason that I would highly suspect him even. Okay. And what was your reaction when the news came out on Monday that Magnus would not be, uh, would be dropping out of the tournament and the subsequent rumors that swirled from that? <laughs> I mean, the, my reaction changed every three hours because new stuff kept happening. So I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't really know. I feel like it's the kind of thing where you just have to wait because, like, right now, like, the situation is untenable, right? Like, Magnus accused him of cheating. Like, there's no, 
that's 100% what happened. He didn't do it with his words, but, like, that's what's happening. Like, by virtue of not coming out and saying that he hasn't accused him of cheating, it's the same, because everybody's talking about how that's what it is. So, you know, now Hans has spoken. He's Nobody has given any evidence to how he's cheated. There's been no public information that, you know indicts Hans. So like at some point Magnus is going to have to say something and it's just going to happen eventually. I don't know when, but it will eventually. And where uh, are you, where are you in terms of say your assessment of the likelihood that cheating has taken place? It seems cheating, pretty clear, but cheating in the actual tournament, like the, yes, the in the Cup. Cup. I mean, I would say it's low. I wouldn't say it's zero. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I am not like some world expert, but, um, you know, I'd say it's more likely that he didn't cheat in that game. Um, there's like not a ton of evidence to it. And, you know, another thing about Han's personality, which is like interesting, was always kind of strange. Like he was always a better player than he was kind of like a student, not student, but like in class when you would call on him, he would sometimes have ideas that were just kind of insane. And then when you tell him, like, your idea doesn't make much sense, he wouldn't give up on it. You know how you have you have students like that, where they just keep fighting and fighting and fighting for their plan, and they don't right. like, kind of back down? So when I see him doing this in analysis, it kind of reminds me a little bit of that in some different version of that. Because he was such a strong player, and he was still doing this stuff in, in class, where, like, you know, he would just have some idea and he just wasn't willing to just say, no, okay, you're right. My idea is not good. Um, yeah. GM Jakobagard, I don't know if you saw the blog post I that did, he wrote. I did. Yeah, he said something similar. Yeah, and I know. You know. When he said that, it reminded me of some of my interactions with Hans. Yeah, and obviously Hans is so strong now that he's probably sort of graduated from the U.S. chess school. When's, when's the last sure. time you interacted with him? Well, you know, this this um, pandemic was uh, it made it so I didn't interact with a lot of people in the chess world. Right. But, but he came to our last one of our last camps in 2019, where a Jakob Agard was the coach. Okay. Um, and you know, he he had a really I enjoyed having him there. They they had a really good vibe together. He got along well with all the other kids. Um, you know, and like he's a strong. There's another thing about him, like his blitz play is very interesting because I, I would play him in blitz. I think this is sometime in like 2018, maybe, maybe even 2017. And I was higher rated than him at the time. And there was just something in his style that was unique a little bit. Like he had this, I'd say it's a combination of like intuition, speed, confidence, and like some preparation. Uh, and it's different than any other young talents I played. And I, I don't know quite how to describe it. Okay, yeah. And again, for the record, I mean, when I visited Greg many years ago at a U.S. chess school, he pointed out Hans in particular and said, that kid is really talented. Um, and this is among a room full of, uh, of chess talents. And I encourage listeners to listen to uh, the Chicken Chess Club uh, that came out this week where Laurent Fresnet discussed a more recent uh, Blitz match with, with uh, Hans and said he's easily 2,700 Blitz strength. And uh, obviously, when you're playing casual, real-life blitz, there is zero chance of cheating as opposed to the whatever small percent we're discussing yeah. in Sinkfield Cup. Um, and let, what did you think of the interview, Greg, that uh, Hans gave after round four? 
Um, there was a round four one. There was a round five one. There was like a round sorry, three. I meant round five. The most the, <laughs> okay. his defense. Um, I, I mean, you know, it was convincing. Uh, there was like was, this is the one where he kind of admitted that he cheated on chess.com at some point. Yes. But like very like vague details of what what that is. Like I honestly I, I work with chess.com in some capacity, obviously, but I actually don't know any details about that. Um, okay, was there anything if he I did, said? I couldn't he... say it, but I, I don't know any. So, <laughs> um, well, was there anything he said that you know to be false? I mean, if I had to guess, this is a total speculation. I would I, I would guess that he maybe underplays it a little bit. Like, like he says something about like not rated games does he mean not rated fee day does he not mean not rated on chess.com i couldn't quite understand um but i i don't know honestly i don't remember like the timeline i don't remember when he said the last time he got his account closed for was it like two years or was it more recent i think he said it was during the pandemic yeah during the pandemic so yeah i you know it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, it's, it's, I, I can't say that like it proves he's innocent or that he's guilty or anything. It's just like kind of. I, I don't think he cheated in this tournament. Like that's my guess, but it's not like zero percent chance. Yeah, I. But it's never. I, it's never zero percent chance when somebody is like accusing you. There's always like something. Maybe you missed something. Yeah, I think uh, whichever side a listener is on, they should bear that in mind. I mean, and facts change. I mean, when the story first broke, I thought uh, just sort of, you know, as a lot of people had seemed online did, that said, you know, Magnus must have good reasons for this. Um, but as time, <laughs> as time goes on, it's a bit harder to fathom them. I mean, I can understand wrapped up in emotion. And obviously yeah. Hans had a meteoric rise. So if you're going to, uh, suspect someone and look at the broad sweep, not just this tournament, you could see it. But I thought there must have something that I thought Magnus must have sensed something at the board. And now, the, again, that's seeming less likely. Well, there's a lot of weird things too that people don't, that I've been thinking about. Like, Magnus probably has a lot of influence in this, like, Meltwater tour, right? And, like, he, Hans was invited to that last tournament in Miami. That's a good point. And so, like, and he didn't do that well. Like he lost every match, but he won some games and he said some like, you know, provocative things when he wins, right. when he loses, whatever. Um, so like whatever is happening, it wasn't enough for him not to get invited to that tournament that Magnus is like obviously very intimately involved in. Um, maybe what happened, and this is just total speculation, is that Magnus played this game, he lost it, he watched this interview of Hans afterwards and was just like, what the hell is it? Like this, this is how could I lose to somebody who talks like this maybe. Right. Um, and then like the thing about the miracle with the preparation, which, you know, to me, totally reasonable thing to have happened. But, um, well at the time, that's, maybe. that's another one where it seemed more improbable to me until I got more details about the transposition. Wait, which, uh, yeah, it didn't seem that improbable to me. It was like, <sighs> You know, you just look at random variations and just, I don't know. Like, stuff comes up like that sometimes. I've had games where, like, some line shows up. It's like, why? Why did this happen? And, and like, people are saying, like, it's, like, he starts saying, like, he tries to guess the game. Like, he's like, oh, I think this was a 
Magnus came versus Wesley So 2018, right? And like he obviously just got confused. Like when you're studying preparation, you're not sitting there memorizing who played what game. You're just looking at the moves and probably just yeah. got his brain mixed up. And like if he's cheating, why is he just gonna make up random names? Like it's silly. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I will say one thing that was funny is that game against Verugia when he's like F4 and White's just winning. I mean, I was looking at it and I'm like, I'm like, really? <laughs> right. I'm like, you're down a piece. I mean, like, but I guess, I mean, the guys played the game. You looked at it closely. And so I'm guessing I'm just don't, not understanding something. And then I found out later, it was just like winning for black, which was what I would assume if I looked at the position. So it's like a very strange, intuitive, like, wrong thing because like i'm obviously if he's 2700 he's much better than me and like he shouldn't be that wrong about something yeah. um but i guess you know it happens <laughs> yeah i mean especially again because uh in that interview they didn't even address the elephant in the room they didn't even discuss the cheating allegations they just kind of like left it under the surface while he was quizzed relentlessly about variations well um, it's probably because you know in the middle of his game he didn't realize why it happened right yeah but there was like some subtext where like when alejandro said uh said yeah i wonder why or something like that at some point like you know he seemed to be aware of the allegations um and another interesting fact i wanted to highlight based on what you said like this idea that he got invited to meltwater in florida the crypto cup uh and then still got invited to this and this of course was a last minute invite which for one thing uh, might make cheating less probable, but also like he probably only got invited because he's become such a lightning rod even before this. And obviously, it's uh, I know some people were saying someone like uh, uh, U.S. champion Sam Shanklin might have been more deserving because he's he was higher rated at the time. We know he's in the mm-hmm. U.S., so he can go on short notice. So it really becomes one of those uh, sliding doors moments in uh, chess history where if they had just invited Shanklin, we'd be having a nice, peaceful chess tournament. I wouldn't be turning off the broadcast after 10 minutes once I realized they're not going to talk about the controversy. They're just going to show the games. It's uh, it's a, a lot different than things could have been so so quiet. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's, uh, it's one way it could have gone. But Sam played the event right before it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe so. they just wanted a different player. I don't know. But yeah, it's interesting why they chose, especially it's interesting that they chose him just because he lost every single match. You know, it's right. just like he came off a performance that was not great. Like it wasn't as bad as it looked because he would win individual games within the matches constantly, but then he would lose the overall match. Like he beat Magnus, you know. But um, it was, a, it was a surprising invite for me. Yeah. And now thing, things will never be the same. Although I do still think if Magnus were to, uh, you know, we're recording this Thursday, three o'clock New York time. If Magnus were to just say, I made a mistake, I rushed to judgment. I think yeah. things would relatively smooth over still at this 100%. point. But For sure. For sure. Yeah. At any moment, like if something is a miscarriage of justice, which I don't know, I don't have enough information, but it can be fixed very easily and people will be forgiving and whatever. So it's like, it's not the end of the world right now. Everything can be fixed. But yeah. if one side continues to insist the other person's cheating with no evidence, without presenting evidence, without saying anything, and then that person doesn't get invited to tournaments because of it, you know, that that's just wrong. And like, that's not going to, that's going to end some, like somebody's going to have to say something soon. Um, yeah. Maybe they're going to wait till after the tournament, like maybe in the middle of the tournament, it's distracting. You know, everyone's trying to play chess right now. Um, so could, they could be waiting. Yeah, I keep 
keep waiting and waiting, checking checking my watch as I'm sure everyone listening is. Well, listen, Greg, we both got to yeah. go. We did this on short notice. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we say our goodbyes? I don't know. <laughs> not, not, I mean, I could talk about it for a long time, but. Was there anything that you feel like you've already had some good insights? Any other insights that you haven't heard mentioned widely or that maybe something that you did oh, hear will, that resonated with that you? The stealing the opponent, like that Magnus got his prep leaks is the most absurd, ridiculous theory I've ever heard in my life. Like, why would somebody be pre- pre- leaking his prep to Hans Neiman? This? I yeah. hear people talking about this and it's just like, anyone who says that should just like, you should just like mute them and never listen to them again because it makes no sense. <laughs> I have a confession to make, Greg. What? What? You didn't think that? <laughs> no, I don't. Th- <laughs> I don't think it now. But when the story first broke, I I was I, I did think, and I didn't think someone. I didn't think there was a mole on Magnus's team. I yeah. thought maybe he got a hold of a file, or maybe he was walking next to Peter Hein Nielsen. Oh, I mean, anything's possible like that. Sure, overheard like, something, you know. But like, how much can you overhear? Like, it's like move fifteen of some position, like yeah, <laughs> and then like. You know, you're black. You're not, like, winning after this prep. And, and Magnus doesn't even know what Hans is going to play, right? So, like, Magnus isn't... My, his preparation is not, Magnus, Hans is going to play this, so I'm going to play this. Uh, Magnus is preparing, like, multiple different things. And this is the one... This is the line that just happened to occur, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So well, that theory is yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I, I agree. I've come I've come to see that. I regret my uh, early misinterpretation, but I mean, yeah, it was there's a chance like I guess you could get it by accident, but is that even illegal? Like <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah. And, it, it, and even happen. if it were, yeah, I, I agree. It didn't happen. All right. Well, Greg, we appreciate it. I'm sure we'll catch up again on the podcast uh sometime in Can't the wait. future. Can't wait. And and now that we've That's, recorded this, all the crazy news is really going to break. So uh, congrats on helping me well, you uh, gotta, break you the gotta, dam here. You got to post it real soon. <laughs> exactly. All right, Greg, take care. Right. See ya. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. Big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show, going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free perpetual chess if that's your preference. So, But most of all, thanks to everyone for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.